You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. I want you to notice in this passage, Luke chapter 2, and I want you to notice with me in verse number 10. I'm going to read the verse, but when I stop, I want you to uh, uh, continue reading the words that follow. It says in verse number 10, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. That's good, right? We like, how many of you like good news? Let me see your hands, all right? If your hand is not up, it should be, all right? How many of you like things that when you hear, it brings great joy? Let me see those hands, all right? That's good. Now, how many of you really like it when it's good news and it's not just for somebody else, but it's good news for you? I like that. This verse says it's good news, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to how many people? All people. That's you and me. We're included in that. Then we get down in verse number uh, 14, the angels sang and said, glory to God in the highest. Oh, that's good when there's something you hear that causes you to glorify the Lord. That's why we were created to bring honor and glory to God and for his glory and for his pleasure. It says, glory to God in the highest, and help me as I continue to read, and on earth, what's the next word? Peace. Oh, I like peace. How many of you like peace? Boy, that, that sure beats uh, family feuds, right? That sure beats uh, uh, people screaming and, and mad and angry and, you know, your wife throwing the, the pots and pans at you and you're ducking. Um, that doesn't happen to our home, but our assistant pastors have told me about some of that that they've experienced. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. We like that. And then it goes on to say, good will toward men. I like it when good things happen. I like it when uh, announcements come that mean things are going to be good and things are going to be peaceful and things are going to be happy and it's going to be just a wonderful thing for everybody involved. I want to speak to you this morning on a very simple subject and the subject is good news. You see that word in verse number 10 where it says good tidings. The word tidings, it literally means to announce good news. It is especially in relation to the gospel. And can I tell you, we have good news today. We've got the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And friend, that's good news. That's good news because without the gospel, you and I, we're on our way to hell. You and I have eternal condemnation that is prepared and planned for us because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But aren't you glad that although the wages of sin is death, that's bad news, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That, my friend, is good news. And it's good news not just for a select few. It wasn't just good news for Bible times. It wasn't just good news for the nation of Israel. It's not just good news uh, for your mama or your daddy or for your grandparents, but it's good news for today. It's good for all people. It's good for all ages. It is good news. It brings great joy. Now, I'm thankful because I want to have joy. 
And in this world, there's a lot of joy robbers. There's a lot of people and there's a lot of situations that they will zap you of your joy. Have you ever seen them coming? <clears throat> Hopefully you're not related to them. Hopefully they're not your you know, partner in business and you see them coming and you, you don't say anything, but you know it. Uh-oh, this is not going to be good. Maybe they call you on the phone or maybe their name pops up as a text message and your first thought is, not good. They never have anything good to say. Uh, they never have anything positive. It's always bad. Or here's one. You see somebody coming and you think, let's see, the last 10 times they approached me, it was gossip. I wonder if it's going to be any different this time. Or the last time they talked to me, all they wanted to do was criticize this and that and complain about this. But can I tell you, as Christians, we ought to be people of great joy. Great joy, which shall be to all people. And then we ought to be people that bring glory to God. You know, God is glorified when we focus not on the negative, but when we focus on the good news of the gospel. I'm not saying you stick your head in the sand. I'm not saying you ignore problems. I'm not saying that you, you don't deal with problems. You, you have to. That's a part of life. But can I tell you, our focus ought not to be on the doom and gloom, but our focus ought to be on the good news and the good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I'd like to speak to us on this subject of good news. Lord, would you help us and speak to our hearts? Lord, I need you so much. And I just, I, I feel like that there is so much in this message, Lord, that if we will just capture, I feel like it'll change our lives. I feel like it'll change our family. I feel like it'll help our church. I feel like it'll help our community. So Lord, help us to focus on the good news that is before us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, several years ago, I think now it's probably been four or five years ago, and I told this story at the drive-in, and that service is not recorded. And so I get kind of brave at that drive-in because it's not recorded, and I know my wife is not gonna hear it, and she's not. I'm not gonna get in trouble for it unless you know, people, you know, tell her, and I would just say, don't focus on the bad news, you know, focus on the good news, focus on the, the positive. But I told the story at the drive-in, and I'm not sure I'll get into as much detail in this service for, for different reasons, but I was driving right over here by, and she doesn't know what I'm getting ready to say either, so I'm really careful uh, how, I, how I share this story. I, yeah, you know, brother. And uh, I was over here by Food Lion. This was four or five years ago, and, and I was driving, and I got a text message that came through from my wife, and I, I sent a text message in the drive, and I don't think it was a voicemail, but the message was, call me as soon as possible. That was the message. It wasn't, hey, I got something good to tell you. It wasn't, hey, somebody, you know, you know, fell off the roof and, you know, they're, you know, got broken. But it wasn't, it was no indication either way, but it was call me as soon as possible. So what do you do when you get a message like that? Yeah, you do panic. That's what I was doing. I was thinking the worst. I was like, somebody's dying. Somebody's bleeding. Somebody needs to go to the ER. Oh, and, and that's human nature, I think. We sometimes tend to focus on the negative. And so I pulled over and I called her real quick and, and, and I could tell when she answered just by the tone of her voice, I could tell everything was okay. So all of a sudden I'm breathing a little bit better and I'm relaxed or whatever. And she told me, by the way, 
Don't laugh when I tell you what, what, what she told me because this was good news, okay? This was great news. This was surprising news. This was something that we had no idea about. We were working on some home improvement projects at our house. That's not the good news part. I'm getting to that, okay? We were working on some home improvement projects at the house, and Joanna was upstairs, and she was doing something with one of the vents on the floor, just kind of looking around, doing something, and she realized that our upstairs, it was all carpet. Every, every room was carpet except for the bathroom, but every room was carpet. The hallway was carpet. Everything was carpet. And she realized in our upstairs that underneath that carpet, every room in the house was hardwood. And it was actually hardwood that was in pretty good shape. And again, the downstairs, we had done some work down there and nothing down there was hardwood. So we were very just, it was, it was shocking really. And we were in this home improvement project and for, we were trying to figure out what we were going to do with the flooring upstairs, maybe re-carpet or whatever. And so this was good news. This was exciting news. And how many of you fellas know that anytime you're in a home improvement project and the expenses can be cut, that is good news. Hallelujah for that. How many of you know anytime there's a home improvement project that it can save, somehow you can save time and money, that's even better news, hallelujah. All right, now fellas, I'm not gonna set you up. I want you to think before you respond here. But how many of you know that every home improvement project leads to another home improvement project, okay, all right? And I should have known that ahead of time. But when you paint one room, guess what happens? You gotta paint the rest of them. You change one, you change decor in one room, well, guess what? All the others have to go. And, and you ladies, we, forgive us for not knowing that and forgive us for not realizing that ahead of time. It's not your fault. It is our fault. We should have known. If we would have had enough common sense, we would have figured that out and not acted so surprised and shocked and all that. But I remember when Joanna, when she told me that, honestly, it was like, you gotta be kidding me. That is great. But the initial response, the initial reaction was, oh no, call me as soon as possible. And you know, I think sometimes in our Christian lives, I think that our tendency is to focus on the negative. I think our tendency is to always expect the worst. But can I tell you, when the angel appeared to the shepherds in Luke chapter two, he didn't say anything about the negative stuff going on in Israel. He didn't say a word about King Herod. He didn't say, now I need to tell you shepherds something. You may not know this, but that Herod, he's a snake. That king you got, man, that guy, he is a first class jerk. You need to get him out of there. It's not what he said. He didn't say, you know, shepherds, you just need to be aware of this Roman empire. It's wicked as the devil. And it was wicked as the devil. He didn't have anything negative to say. He didn't focus on anything negative, but the angel showed up with one message and that message was, I've got some good news for all people. There's a savior that is born today and that savior is gonna bring peace and salvation to the entire world. Hallelujah for good news. I don't get the newspaper. How many of you get the newspaper? Let me see your hands. Got a few that still get the newspaper. I don't, but this morning... I went online and I'll check from time to time. I'll check some headlines just to see what's going on. And I just, as an experiment this morning, I thought I want to see what the headline is on ABC News. 
And so I pulled up the headline on ABC News. Did anybody else see the headline on ABC News this morning? Anybody? Okay, well, let me tell you. Headline news, big, bold, first thing you see, if you looked it up this morning at 7 o'clock in the morning, ABC News, four stabbed in D.C. protests. I thought, I didn't even know there was protests going on in D.C. And I certainly didn't know that there were four people that got stabbed, but apparently that was the most important thing I needed to know about this morning at 7 o'clock on ABC News. And then the headline went on to say, and one shot in clashes in Washington State. Again, silly me, I didn't know there were clashes going on in Washington State. But apparently there are. And apparently somebody got shot and four got stabbed in D.C. And I'm not saying that that's not important, but here's what I'm saying. If you turn on the news, that's a lot of what you're going to hear. Somebody died. Somebody got killed. Somebody got sick. The economy's terrible. The jobs are awful. Everything is, oh, the whole world is falling down from the sky. That's what you'll hear if that's what you focus on. But can I tell you, I'm not here today to tell you the bad news. I'm here today to tell you the good news. The good news that is greater than any bad news you'll ever hear in your life. The good news that can solve any problem that you face in your life. Isaiah 52, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. That's good news that God is still reigning and God is still ruling and God is still governing and God is still in control. And that is good news. Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings. You say, I don't think we need preaching. Oh, I think we need preaching. I think we need more preaching. I think we need preaching about sin. And I think we need preaching about salvation. I think we need preaching about heaven. I think we need preaching because preaching is the answer because it's the good news of the gospel. He's anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. I want to say that's really what preaching is. Preaching ought to be spirit-filled. And every time I stand up to preach, I ask God to fill me and I ask the Holy Spirit to speak through me and to give me the words to say, you don't need to know what I think. You don't need to know what I have to say, but you do need to know what the Holy Spirit of God wants you to know. And preaching must be spirit-filled. Preaching must be anointed by God. The Spirit of the Lord was upon me, and He hath anointed me to preach good tidings. I tell you, people are searching for good news. People are desperate for good news. You didn't get it on the TV this morning. You didn't get it on the radio this morning. You didn't get it on the Internet this morning. You didn't get it on Facebook this morning. But can I tell you, there's some good news from the Word of God. It's good tidings of great joy. He has sent me to bind up. The brokenhearted, maybe you're here this morning or maybe you're listening this morning and your heart has been broken. Can I tell you what can help a broken heart? The preaching of good news, the message of good tidings, the, 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 the delivery of the good news that Jesus Christ can take your broken heart and Jesus Christ can give healing to proclaim liberty to the captives. Maybe you're here this morning or maybe you're listening this morning and Maybe you've been captive for a long time. Maybe you've been bound by sin or you've been bound by your past or you've been chained up by the regrets of things that you have done in years gone by. Can I tell you, God can set you free. 
Jesus Christ can break the chains that have held you bound. And that's what preaching does. It heals the brokenhearted and it sets the captive free. We deserve hell. But the good news is that Jesus Christ came so you don't have to go to hell. And I don't have to go to hell, but we can have eternal life in heaven. His grace is greater than all our sin. The angel showed up in Luke chapter 2 and he brought some good news. The angel showed up and brought news of hope and news of salvation and news of peace. And you and I, were certainly not angels, but we are messengers of God. And that's what the angel was. He was just a messenger. He was a man that delivered, a being that delivered the message. And you and I have a message to deliver to this world. And it's a message of good news. I want, to know, I want you to notice a couple thoughts quickly. Number one, as God's people, we must think about the good news. We must think about, we must focus on the good news. Philippians 4, 8, the Bible says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, those six qualifications, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That's not a suggestion, that's a command. We're supposed to think upon the things that are of good report, the things that are pure and the things that are right. Can I tell you, I don't control what you think about. And you don't control what I think about. You have to control your thoughts. And I have to control my thoughts. And unless I relinquish that power to somebody else, nobody else can control my thoughts. But you know, we so many times we think about not the good news, but we think about the bad news. We think about the problems. We think about the difficulties. We think about the burdens. Let me give you just a few instances, for instances, this morning. You may be here today and you say, Pastor, I've got a lot of problems today, and, and I, don't, I don't doubt that. Uh, some of you in here with, with, with family members that you've lost, or some of you in here with situations that you have dealt with in the last few weeks, it is, it is a big deal. I'm not trying to downgrade or belittle what you're going through. But can I tell you this? Every one of us in this room today, we could be thankful for the good news that we're not in the hospital today. We're not in jail today. We've still got a pulse today. We've still got a purpose. God's got us here for a reason. I think about some in this room who you've lost loved ones here in the last few weeks even. You know, I tell you, that'll break your heart because that was of someone that you loved and that was someone that you were close to and there's grief and there's a, there's a void and there's an emptiness. But can I tell you, you can be thankful for and you can think about the fact that you have other people that love you you have family members that are still here and you've got friends that still care and you've got a church family. And if all you focus on and if all you allow to control you is the bad news, then you will have a hard time. But if you will think about the good news, it can change your life. So many Christians allow bitterness to control them. They're bitter because of something that happened in the past and they can't get over it. That controls their thoughts. That controls their life. And everything they do is funneled uh, through that filter of I'm, I was hurt and I was wrong. 
And I'm not trying to say that you weren't hurt and you were not wronged. But what I'm saying is this. Why don't you start to think about some good news? And why don't you focus on some good things that God has done? And don't let the bitterness destroy your life and destroy your future. Maybe it's revenge. You're not only bitter, but you're out to get somebody. There's somebody that did you wrong, and maybe they did. But can I tell you, if you're going to try to spend your life getting even with somebody else or hurting somebody else or destroying somebody else, you're probably not going to hurt them as much as you hurt yourself. You're going to ruin your life and your relationships and your effectiveness, and you're going to lose your joy because you are focused on a category that doesn't belong to you. God said, hey, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. You can't take matters into your own hands. You can't try to fix everything. You'll make a mess of it. You'll make it worse. I'll make it worse. But God can fix it. Think about the good news of the Christmas story. Think about the difference that it has made in your life. Think about where you would be today had Jesus Christ not come down from heaven. Think about where you and I would be if it were not for the good news of the gospel and if it were not for the good news of the angel who said, there is born today a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Number one, think about it. Number two, thank God for it. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Be thankful and be grateful and recognize that the fact that there is good news is not because of us. It's all because of God. The angel, the first word that the angels recorded for saying in verse number 14, the, the, the heavenly host were, that they said in verse 14 was glory to God in the highest. You see, the glory does not belong to you. The glory does not belong to me, but all the glory belongs to God. And the fact that we have good news at all is to God be the glory and thanks to God and glory be to Him for coming and for him for saving us. The fact that we have any good news is all because of God's goodness in our life. Number one, think about it. Number two, thank God for it. Number three, thrive on good news. Thrive on the good news. Here's what I'm saying is some people, some people, they thrive off of the negative. We talked about that a little bit earlier. For some people, there's always got to be some gossip. For some people, there's always got to be some complaint. For some people, there's always something. I mean, that, that's just, that's who they are. And that's what motivates them. That's what keeps them going. Can I tell you? That's a very, very miserable life if you're thriving off of bad news. If you're thriving off the negative. For me, if I hear something about Brother Greg that's good, I'm saying, praise God. If I hear something bad about Brother Greg, I'm saying, oh, Lord, please help Brother Greg. I'm not trying to run over here to, to Brother Lewis and say, hey, did you hear about Brother Greg? Oh, you're not going to believe it. Hey, Russell, you, are, are you kidding me? You know what? That's not helping anything. But I'll tell you what does help. If you hear something about Brother Greg and you fall on your knees and say, I need to pray a little extra for Brother Greg this week. I need to pray that God will help him. I need to pray that God will use him. And can I tell you, we focus on the negative. We thrive off of gossip. And some people always have to have a sob story. And it's like, okay, now, just because something bad happens to somebody, that doesn't mean you have to one-up them. Well, let me tell you what happened to me when I was six. 
Oh, well, you know what? You, that, somebody said that to you. Well, let me tell you what they said to me when I was at Walmart last week. Now, friend, this is not a contest. This is not a contest to see who can have it the worst and who can have it the hardest and who's had the most difficult life. Uh, some people thrive off of attention. And that attention is not always good attention, but they thrive off of it. I told the story at the drive-in. Joanna, I don't think I've told this story. Uh, I don't think I've told it in, in here at the church before. But this was years ago. You'd never, you would not know who this person was. I don't think anybody here would know who this person was. And I wouldn't say the name. But there was a young lady in, our, in the college that we worked at, several hundred students. And we were there for nine years. But there was a young lady who... One day she showed up for class and oh, she was crying and oh, she was having a hard day. And one of the, uh, the staff ladies asked her, well, what's wrong? And she said, oh, you're not going to believe it. Oh, it's so terrible. Oh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And she said, my, my aunt and uncle, my cousins were murdered in a distant state. And she named the state. And she said, and my youngest cousin got kidnapped. She said, yeah, you know, a, a home invasion, burglar or whatever. But yeah, my aunt and uncle were murdered. My cousins were murdered. And my, my little cousin was kidnapped. And so what do you think we're doing? We're praying. This poor girl and her family. And oh, my, this is awful. And this was years ago. It wasn't quite as easy to find stuff on the Internet and all that. But eventually, <laughs> Joanna just felt like there was another lady, too, there. that They just they kind of felt like just didn't quite add up, like. Uh, you know, you're not hearing Amber Alerts and all this stuff, and even though it was a distant state. And come to find out, nobody got kidnapped. Nobody got murdered. Nobody had a home burglary. It was all made up. This girl was thinking that that would be some great attention, that everybody would be talking to her and everybody would be feeling sorry for her. Friend, I got news for you. That's not what you want to thrive on. That's not how you want to live your life. We must thrive on good news. 2 Samuel 18, they saw there was a man that was running towards the city. His name was Ahimeaz. And when they saw it was Ahimeaz, they said, hey, that's a good thing because he's a good man and he is undoubtedly bringing good tidings. Wouldn't it be great if people see us coming and say, this is going to be good. Wouldn't it be awesome if somebody sees you coming at work and say, there's a positive person, there's an encouraging person, there's an honest person, there's a helpful person, rather than saying, oh no, here comes so-and-so. Thrive off of good news. When the good news was announced, the angels could not help but praise God for it. Just thrive off of the good news. And then I want you to notice, lastly, I want you to notice that there are many who are thirsting for good news. Now, it's hard for us to really comprehend because we're saved. Somebody shared the good news with us. But I want to remind you, there are people that still don't even know the good news. There are people that don't even know that Jesus saves so, Pastor, hang on. I know maybe some foreign countries and we need to send some missionaries and we need to give more to missions because, yeah, some people over there, oh, no, there are people all around us that don't even know that Jesus saves. You say, how do you know that? I know it because I talk to them. And I'll ask people, do you know for sure that you're going to heaven? And here's an answer I'll hear. I'm trying. I'm doing my best. 
I'm going to such and such church. Here's one. I got baptized. Uh, I do a lot of good stuff. Friend, if somebody has an answer, gives an answer like that, there's an indication that they do not know the good news. The good news is that Jesus paid the price. Jesus died. Jesus uh, did it all. And all we have to do is be willing to receive and accept the gift of God. But there are people that are thirsty for the good news. There are people that don't even know that Jesus saves. 2 Kings chapter 7. There were some men who were lepers and they were outside of the city. And the people inside the city were starving to death because the Syrians had come against them. And these lepers, they realized that the Syrians had abandoned their camp. And the Syrians had all of their food and all of their supplies and all of their riches. They left it all behind. And these lepers, they went into this camp and said, oh man, this is great. We've got all the food we need. We are set for life. We're taken care of. And then one of them said this. He said, we do not well. This is, this is not good what we're doing because there are people in the city that are starving to death and we've got all the food that they need right here. They said, we do not well. This is a day of good tidings and behold, we hold our peace. Friend, I want to tell you, we do not well if we have been given the good news of the gospel and we don't share it with somebody else. We're not, we're not doing right. It's not right for people to not know Christ and not know that they're on their way to heaven and not know the way of salvation. And we know it and we don't even share it with them. Romans asked the question, how shall they hear without a preacher? Romans 10, 15 goes on to say, and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. We have been commissioned as Christians to go into all the world and preach the gospel. What's the gospel? It's the good news. We're commissioned to preach the gospel to every creature. Proverbs 25, 25 is the only place in the Bible where you will find the term good news. And listen to what it says. As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. There's a lot of thirsty souls out there. There's a lot of men and women and boys and girls that are thirsty because they know there's more to life than just money and there's more to life than a house and there's more to life than a car and there's more to life than just having a good time. There's more to life and there's eternal life, but they don't even know. And how are they going to know if we don't share the good news with them? The songwriter said it like this every day. They pass me by. I can see it in their eyes. Empty people filled with care, headed who knows where. On they go through private pains, living fear to fear. Laughter hides their silent cries, only Jesus hears. People need the Lord. And I want to remind us, while we've got the good news, there are people who do not have the good news, and they're thirsty. What are we going to do about it? We're going to take the good news that we've been given and we're going to share it with those who do not know Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.